Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard, helping all of you HR people leaders out there get rid of that manual, tedious, and time-consuming process you all call HR reporting. That's right. We know a lot of you are pulling all these spreadsheets from a lot of different HR systems, trying to tell a cohesive, data-driven story across the entire workforce. You're always scratching your head thinking, why does it have to be this difficult, painful, and time-consuming? Well, look no further because that's why we created Employee Cycle, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. You want to connect data from your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, rewards and recognition, all the different systems you're using, you can pull in that data into one HR source of truth. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to give you a demo so we can explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because I would like for you to help me to welcome a very special guest. So please help me welcome Rob Whalen. He's the co-founder and CEO of PTO Exchange. And today we're going to talk about the difference between base pay rate and productivity pay rate. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't had that much welcome at all in a long time. <laughs> Rob, as I like to say, for a very small fee, if you would like for me and our crowd here to do this every time you get on a Zoom call, we will do that. <laughs> for a small fee. <laughs> for a very, very that, tiny fee. That might, that might be costly for me. Lately, I've been on a lot of Zooms, one after the other. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And so, Rob, we want to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up working in the wonderful world of HR? Yeah, Bruce. uh, I actually am an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, and this is my third company that I've started. Uh, What I find interesting, because I came out of uh, the accounting background and then went into high tech, and uh, I've always kind of looked at different solutions from outside. And I think a lot of great entrepreneurs uh, look into different industries that they're not in and uh, start thinking, how, how can they improve it? And I think that that really happens when, you know, you can, you can look at a solution that you, you don't have these biases of being inside of HR, right? And so you're looking at, you know, why shouldn't it work this way? And we sat down one night with a bunch of entrepreneurs, uh, had a dinner, talked about some big ideas. A couple of us had just left Cisco Systems after, you know, a five-year stint. And when we left, we got this check of about $30,000. And it was just a point of conversation. And we started to think, why couldn't we have used those dollars in different ways when we were at Cisco? Why couldn't we have maybe taken some of those PTO dollars and bought airfare and hotel and taken our families on a vacation? Uh, that maybe at the time we, we couldn't afford or, or things like that. And I think that's when the aha moment came up. And with my accounting background, I 
started to noodle around the HR space and understand paid time off. And uh, that was a number of years ago. And that's how I wound up in the HR space, Bruce. (laughs) Awesome. I like that really interesting story and how you got here. And just a quick plug for you. What is PTO Exchange and what does your company do? So PTO Exchange is really based on the ability for a company that has accrued pay time off, so it's an already budgeted benefit, the ability to give your employees flexibility to meet them where they are in their life cycle, okay? And so we allow you and we sell to employers, but we allow those the, the employees of that employer to utilize some of that PTO, not all of it because we want them to take time off, but the stuff that they might not use and uh, self-direct it for what we call good services and experiences. And that can be for financial well-being, social well-being, mental well-being, physical well-being, things like that. Okay. And we integrate the payroll systems and HRS systems and put policies in place so that those employees can leverage the platform in a way that their employee employer uh, can provide them and that meets their kind of culture and things like that. Awesome. And thanks for that. So today we're discussing the difference between base pay rate and productivity pay rate. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because one, I know we've never had anyone on the show talk about this. And two, just as we were discussing in the pre-show, I think this is going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. And so before we really start talking about the difference between these two concepts, can you give us a definition of what is base pay rate and then the definition of productivity pay rate? And then we'll really dig deep into which one is best, why haven't we been using one or the other, and we'll really go into the details from there. Yeah. So your your base pay rate or your hourly pay rate, as most people know, is is the hourly rate in which you uh, get compensated from a company. Okay. Uh, and so, and even salary people, Bruce, they are have an hourly rate or a an hourly pay rate, and the hourly uh, pay rate is done by saying, and I'm just going to give you an example. I have a hundred thousand dollars, and that's my annual salary, right? And you're going to divide that by a hundred thousand dollars, right? So you know you're going to divide that by, or I'm sorry, you're going to take your hundred thousand dollars and divide it by twenty eighty, right? Which is fifty two weeks at forty hours which is $48 uh, an, an hour. So that hourly pay rate is $48, which gives you the $100,000 a year salary, okay? And so what people don't, uh, we're, so that's your hourly pay rate. What people don't understand is just how pay time off and how productivity pay rate should actually be the thing that you measure as an employee, right? Because that is the productivity that you're being paid for. Uh, and I'm going to give you an example. Uh, the $100,000 you negotiate with that's your salary, and then you negotiate four weeks of pay time off. So what you negotiated there is I'm going to give this company 100 uh, or I'm going to give them 11 months worth of productivity, and they're going to pay me $100,000, and then I get four weeks off. The productivity pay rate is the $100,000 divided by 1920, okay, which is obviously different than the $48 an hour. What I think people don't understand uh, 
that the minute you work 11 months in one week and you don't take those four weeks, your productivity pay rate goes down. Okay, so you start losing money as an employee. And I think people just don't understand that the differences between the two. Okay, and companies have been able to profit over this, right? Uh, and and that's kind of what we've seen from PTO Exchange. This is really interesting, especially with so many companies providing unlimited PTO. And I know in the tech space, it's just becoming table stakes at this point. And just thinking about the the type of culture that you're trying to build when you're providing unlimited PTO. I know a lot of HR leaders have told me just in conversations and also on this podcast that it's more about allowing employees to know that they're grownups and that we're not going to try to police you or look at every single day that you're taking off, but you're responsible enough and you're, you will hold yourself accountable enough to do this. But you're saying this really backfires and people actually take off a lot less than they think they will because of the concept of unlimited? Or is it more about the dollars and cents? Well, I think, first of all, there was a study that Namely did that, that, um, that stated that if you have unlimited, your employees will take two days less a year, okay, on average. So you're first of all, you're not communicating to your employees what they can do. And they're just saying, hey, you're grown up, but hey, you have all this work to do. And if you don't do it, <laughs> right, then then you're going to look down upon. So all of a sudden you feel like, hey, can I really take time off? I got all this unlimited. No, I can't because I have to, I have a deadline, right, on a certain day. And so employees don't take that time off. But on the back end of this, I think what people need to understand is that you're a company, uh, I'm a company, right, and we work for these companies. and they have fiduciary responsibilities to make money. And and so the, the, the only way companies make money is either reducing expenses or increasing revenue. And if they don't have to track PTO and put it under the guidelines that it's unlimited, and guess what? You're an adult. You can, you can take as much time as you want off. It doesn't really work that way. <laughs> There's, I mean, just with, the accrued PTO, there's $65 billion that go unused. And these are just for companies that you can track. And that $65 billion goes back to the shareholders. And it's, it's a profit, right? Because they didn't have to pay it out. They didn't have to expense it. And I think what employees, especially the Gen Zs who want all this flexibility and unlimited, they don't understand that companies are actually making a lot of money on unlimited. And I think that they need to look twice about wanting unlimited paid time off because if there's, if there's any value to something, then you should track it. You should, you should track it. You should expense it. You should accrue it on the financial statement. And I think the most intimate thing a company can do, Bruce, is accrue your paid time off because it shows that they care so much that they're going to take your wage and they're going to expense it through their net income statement and they're going to put it on their balance sheet as a liability and they're going to say, Bruce, I love you so much that I'm going to accrue your productivity correctly 
so that when you leave this company, I'm going to pay you for that when you leave. With Unlimited, where they don't track it, they don't expense it, they don't accrue it, they have nothing to give you when you leave. That is very interesting. And so as I think about all the employees you mentioned, especially the current generation entering into the workforce, who is probably pushing for unlimited PTO the most, what would your, what would your suggestion be for HR leaders who have, who are currently offering unlimited PTO, but then also for candidates or new employees who are getting unlimited PTO, but then they hear this and they think, oh, wait a minute, now I feel cheated. How do, how do we come back to some type of balance where both the company, the employer, and the employee seem to be swung so far on the side of the pendulum where unlimited PTO seems to be the default now, especially in a lot of high-growth, fast-growing, digital-focused you know, tech startup type of companies? Oh, yeah. I mean, in the tech world, that whole salary, right? I pay you a salary and you don't, it's not 40 hours, right? It's get the job done. And that's really that's adopted this modality of unlimited paid time off. And they're selling it under the, it's unlimited. And that's like selling something for free. And that's kind of a, that's a misadvertisement. And the way you get back is for, if you think about owning your time, because you only have so much of it, Bruce. What if you could own your pay time off? What if you owned your PTO and you accrued it and it was like your 401k, right? Mm-hmm. And you could accrue as much as you wanted, right? You could accrue a sabbatical, the true unlimited, okay? And and then you could use it for other things in life, not just pay time off because it's an accrued wage, right? You gave your productivity and you should be paid for it. And we're working with a lot of companies that have gone to unlimited and it has not been a good thing. And they're asking us, how do we migrate off of it? And we're working with them on migrating off of with a more sensible, flexible type of pay time off uh, plan that really supports the employees in their different transitions in life. I'm curious about that for the companies that had unlimited PTO, and now we're working with you to, as you mentioned, migrate to this capped PTO model. What are some of the biggest reasons they're doing this and some of the problems that they saw with unlimited PTO model? Well, the unlimited PTO model, they have uh, in this one company that they're about 1,500 employees. Their executives are burnt out. They don't take their time off. And they are looking at this and going, they have unlimited, but they don't take it. So we need to actually go back and accrue so they can actually utilize this time in a different way and get a benefit because unlimited PTO is not a benefit. It's not tracked. It's not, you, you don't know if people are taking time off. It, it's, it's just not a benefit. And so we've gone back to them and we've created a plan of let's start with three weeks of PTO for the executive. They can uh, use a week of it, but guess what? They have to take two weeks before they can even use the week on the exchange, starting to guide them down this path of you need to t- get away from uh, you know your job uh, and giving enticing them to get away from the job and then uh, allowing them to do so. And then for that, they can exchange uh, the week that they wouldn't use or in a different way, 
maybe it's put it into their 401k, pay down student loans, put it into a 529 for their kids. So that's what we're doing. Yep. Got it. One of the things that I always try to do is summon the thoughts and questions of our virtual audience to speak up and ask the questions that they would if they could raise their hand. And so as I'm hearing this, the first question that I have that I think the audience would want to know is, does this really change the problem of people not taking off enough time? Because it almost sounds like, sure, you're giving them a way to exchange that PTO time that's unused for dollars and actual compensation, but that doesn't necessarily force them to use it because you still have so many companies that allow you to roll over and company and a lot of employees will still roll that over, not take the time just because they want to see it accumulate. And so I'm curious by giving this finite amount of time to take off, does that actually increase the amount of time for people to take off where they feel less burned out? Well, again, it goes back to the study that namely it came out that if you do accrue PTO, then you're more likely, because you know how much time you have accrued, you're more likely going to utilize it, okay? When you have a unlimited amount of time, which is uh, not very truthful, uh, you don't know how much time to take off, okay? So I do think just from that study alone, having accrued paid time off does invoke more people because they have this time and they know how much time they have. So they feel like that's owed to them, whereas unlimited time, they don't feel like it's owed to them, right? There's not a certain number there. And we we do see people taking more time off when they actually say, when, when they have a benefit that they know is there, there's a value to it. They know there's a value to it, and they can use it in different ways. But to do so, they actually have to disengage from the organization as well. So we do see an uptick in in people taking time off. Got it. So another question that I think the audience would want to ask is, how do you actually navigate the, the narrative around the change management from telling someone that they have an unlimited amount of something to then going and saying, okay, well, instead of you being able to take off as much as you want, I'm actually just going to give you this little bit of time because I think this is going to force you to take off more time. How do you communicate in in a way where you're coming off genuine and authentic and the team and the employees really feel like this is in their best interest because to go from unlimited to not unlimited seems like you're taking something away from me. Yeah, I I think... uh you're overthinking the people and unlimited. I think that our experience is that when people leave unlimited, they're happier. And so the communication is easier, right? Because I think everyone knows that you don't get unlimited PTO, right? I think you saw EY. (laughs) I don't know if you were, well, I was on Fishbowl and EY made the announcement that they were going to flexible PTO or unlimited. And by the way, they weren't going to pay the $36 million out of accrued PTO and their employees were livid. And this is an accounting firm. So these individuals knew what they were doing and they were doing it all in the realm of, oh, our employees want it. But if you looked on Fishbowl and you looked at all the employees that were complaining, there were a huge amount of employees that did not want to go that route. So, and we have seen that. When you go back to accrued PTO and when you're getting off of unlimited, a lot of 
employees kind of exhale and go, okay, now I know how much time I have. Now I know uh, what it's worth. And if you build in this, and now you can do something different with unused PTO so you don't lose it, right? You don't lose this accrued productivity instead of it going to waste. And you can use it to benefit you uh, and reduce stress by maybe reducing debt. I think, I don't even think, I know from our experience that uh, companies and employees enjoy that and they welcome it. That is really interesting. So, Rob, I want to ask you this last question because I could talk to you about this all day long. I think it's just such a fascinating topic. But we've talked a lot about unlimited PTO versus not. We talked about the difference between base pay versus productivity pay. We, we ran through a lot of numbers and scenarios. But if there's one thing that you would want HR leaders to walk away with, if they can only remember one thing that you mentioned today, what would it be? I think that giving employees unlimited anything under the umbrella that they're all adults is a misnomer. I believe that if the HR people truly are out to help their employees, they will want to track and accrue this expense so that they know that their employees, one, have earned it, but two, also that they're utilizing it and they're getting a benefit from this you know, accrued wage or this productivity that they've given the company. Just like CFOs have a fiduciary responsibility to the board and to the shareholders, right? I think HR should have a fiduciary responsibility to the employees. That's what I think. And so I think if you're an HR executive out there, I think that you should think of yourself as having that fiduciary responsibility to those employees. It's much different than just letting them say, oh, you're all adults take as much time as you want, because that's not true. The company wouldn't operate. You can't run hospitals on unlimited paid time off because people have to be there. Right, right. Rob, thanks so much for having such a thoughtful and really interesting conversation bucking the status quo. You know, anyone that likes to come on to our podcast and say, everyone is doing this, but we call BS on that. Doesn't really seem like it's the way that you should be operating. There's a much better way to do it. We always like that because it's not about just reinforcing all of the different buzzwords or things that everyone's doing today, but it's really about challenging the status quo to make sure that just because we're doing something doesn't mean that, or just because we've been doing something for a while doesn't mean we need to continue doing that thing. So we really appreciate this refreshing context around this topic because I know a lot of people are thinking about it, especially as they're thinking about giving employees flexibility and what does that look like. So really appreciate you being on the show and thank you for this awesome conversation. (laughs) So Rob, where can people find you and PTO Exchange online? Yeah, so you can find more information about PTO Exchange at ptoexchange.com and you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, link in with me if you'd like or follow me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all of that info in your show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Rob and I did making it, please leave us a five-star ratings on iTunes or any other site where you can leave reviews. Who doesn't like to see great reviews about what they're doing? 
Also, if this is the very first time you're listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.